coming up on today's message with Pastor Johnny. Uh, God is going to once again provide a pathway at this time through the wilderness. He says in the text that he would bring, uh, it, it says in the text that he will make even a road in the wilderness. A place where there was not a path before, there's going to be a path. A place where there was not a river before, there's going to be a river. Uh, let me make it plain. When you think that there is no job available for you, one is going to come out. When you think that there is no way out of this situation that you got in, God is going to make a way out. When you think there is no way to reconcile with your family, God is going to make a way out. When you think that your son and your daughter is not going to come home, there will be a path in the wilderness. God, the giver of all good gifts and graces, we thank you for an opportunity to gather once again in your name, Lord God, and talk about your word. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Hide me behind your cross. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. For the time that we're going to share together, I want to talk a little bit about breakthrough. Breakthrough. Every once in a while, human beings will experience a breakthrough. Someone will discover or invent something that takes us from one technological era to another. I would imagine that when fire was first discovered, that you can make fire on your own, that took us from one level to another. The wheel would be something that took us from uh, one era to another. Uh, penicillin gave us a way to cure and treat a bunch of previously deadly diseases. Uh, the steam, being able to uh, harness steam and use it uh, to power factories and trains and ships and take us into what they call the Industrial Revolution and the printing press, uh, ranked by Atlantic Magazine as the top innovation since the discovery of the wheel. Uh, a technology writer by the name of George Dyson described it as the turning point at which knowledge freely began replicating and quickly assumed a life of its own. Uh, Martin Luther may not have used uh, uh, the, the printing press to start the Protestant Reformation, but it sure helped to spread his ideas around Europe. Amen. Uh, the written word moved us into a whole nother era because the, the ability to reproduce something written down made uh, a difference. I, I can personally testify that writing stuff down 
uh, because we have manuals for jobs. And if I wasn't able to read a manual for how to fix a certain device, I would be walking all the way across the campus to move a rack with my own physical arms and, and, and reach for the button to reset something. But when I read the manual, I learned that I could connect to it via a computer and not have to even leave my desk to fix something. Because I read the manual, I can connect to the mixer in the back and the video switcher in the back and switch cameras and turn instruments up and down from my iPad. Read the manual. But going from one technological age to another, uh, moving us from one age or one era to another, some other well-known innovations include electricity, paper, vaccinations, the internet, refrigeration, gunpowder. Uh, uh, some innovations might surprise you, such as one that was called the mold board plow. That was the first time somebody got a plow to dig up the soil and turn it over at the same time. Uh, some, whether well-known or not, all were life-changing discoveries or inventions. But those were all technolo technological breakthroughs. Uh, there are other breakthroughs somebody can experience. Uh, this coming Friday, April 12th, there's a movie coming out called The Breakthrough. And it's going to be released nationwide. And in that movie, a 14-year-old boy by the name of John Smith falls through an icy Missouri lake on a cold winter morning. A tragic, and I know we in Texas and we might be wondering how something like that happens. But when you go a little further north... There's this white stuff that comes out the sky and sticks down on the ground. And, and then it gets a little colder and places where you would have gone swimming in the summer are now hard enough to walk on. But sometimes the looks can be deceiving. It can appear to be ice that's safe enough to walk on, but it's actually just the outer cover. And so uh, during that, that it's, it's pretty common in the Midwest to hear about ice Accidents, And so she, he, he falls into the lake and, and, and this winter morning has a, a tragic life-threatening situation. And after they pull him out of the water, they take him to the hospital and he lies lifeless in the hospital for more than an hour. They perform CPR on this boy for 27 minutes without success. And although his life seems to be over, his mother, named Joyce, is not ready to give up on him. She reaches deep into her faith and her strength, crying out to God to save her son. And in this movie, miraculously, there is a breakthrough. John's heart starts to beat again. And in the days that follows, he defies every scientific prediction and expert opinion. And finally, 16 days after falling through ice and being called clinically dead for an hour, he walks out of the hospital completely healed. And so I know I spoiled the movie for you, but it's still worth watching. Uh, uh, but, but this movie... <laughs> 
is based on a true story uh, uh, that's based on a book written by the mother Joyce Smith and it's called Impossible, the Miraculous Story of a Mother's Faith and Her Child's Resurrection. Clearly, not all breakthroughs that occur in the realm of not all breakthroughs that happen in somebody's life have to happen with science and technology. Some are found in the world of faith, and and, and that that comes around in the text of Isaiah. Uh, the concern, the overriding concern about Isaiah, and I've just been really in this season of going. To Isaiah, and so when I see Isaiah in the lectionary, I'm usually going to pick that scripture because Isaiah relates to me somehow. I'm not quite sure why Isaiah relates to me, but it's something about Isaiah when I read it, and I read about people being put in a foreign land. When I read about people sitting under an uh, an oppressed government, when I read about people having everything that they've known and their comforts and all of these things taken away from them and sitting under some unjust laws and sitting under an unjust ruler and being taken from their home, something about that it's, it's something about that is 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 very memorable to me. I I don't know why, but uh, something about that, and that is the overriding concern about both the prophet and of God's people. They are in exile. They are away from home. They have lost everything: their land, their homes, their livelihood, their families, and to some extent, they may have even thought that they lost God. The crisis has raised the most serious of theological questions to them at where was God in the midst of this great disaster? Where was God when I lost my home? Where was God when I lost my family? Where was God when I lost my job? Where was God when I lost my friends and family? Where was God when all of these bad things are happening to me? And so they are destroyed. They are struggling with this and understanding that they think that maybe even God caused all of these bad things to happen to them. And so they're going through this and they're struggling and a, and a prophet, many prophets came to talk to them while they were in exile. But this one, by the name of Isaiah, was there to let them know what was going on. And even though they were going through a storm at this time, they would not be going through a storm forever. Ah. Why had God, in other words, allowed these things to happen? What kind of future did these chosen people of God have now? In other words, God's fidelity, God's goodness, God's omnipotence, indeed God's very identity was at stake to the Hebrew people and they questioned whether or not God had gone back on all those promises he had provided for them. And it's normal to wonder. It's normal to have, I, we, we spend a lot of time, and I apologize, I'll take responsibility for it. We, we spend all of this time uh, as pastors, when I say we, we spend all of this time talking about how things are going to be pie in the sky, and everything's going to be like skipping through daffodils, and you ain't going to never run across some people that don't like you. You ain't going to never run across some situations where you got more month than money. You ain't going to never be stabbed in the back. We say everything is going to be all right, but the fact of the matter is, is you are going to have 
to go through these struggles. And believe it or not, God did not directly cause these struggles. There are people in the world that are just mean and evil. There are things in the world that didn't get caused by nothing but effects of nature. And God did not cause these things. God is grieving with you when these things happen. God is there to let you know that weeping will endure for the night. But joy comes in the morning. God is there to let you know that many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord will deliver you from them. He's there to help you through these things, not put you in trouble. Uh, so we can still believe in God when these awful things can have to have happen to us. We can still believe that God is faithful to us even when God seems absent. We can hope that God is still in work at our lives and creating a future when no future seems possible. Uh, God is going to once again provide a pathway at this time through the wilderness. He says in the text that he would bring, uh, it, it says in the text that he will make even a road in the wilderness. A place where there was not a path before, there is going to be a path. A place where there was not a river before, there is going to be a river. Uh, let me make it plain. When you think that there is no job available for you, one is going to come out. When you think that there is no way out of this situation that you got in, God is going to make a way out. When you think there is no way to reconcile with your family, God is going to make a way out. When you think that your son and your daughter is not going to come home, there will be a path in the wilderness. Ah, water will once again be the source of life rather than a barrier. Water will be the source of life. They have this wilderness that they're trying to go through, and he's putting water in there. And normally, people would think that the water running through this pathway is a barrier. But we don't think about it as a barrier. It's a source of life. There's going to be water to drink. To irrigate the fields and the water, the livestock. The prophet is telling these people that God is going to cut a path through this wilderness with water. And it gets in the way of the, the, they think it's in the way of their freedom. But it's there to help them. Ah. And, and he's using this water as a pathway through the wilderness to the world that is new. And the thing that God is yearning for the beloved, the wilderness, of the, the, the water also, when he talks about it being available for the beast, means that the water is not just for the people alone. Uh, it says in the text that, that he will, uh, the rivers and the, be the beast of the field will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches, because I give water in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. So that means this water, this pathway that's going to be coming is not only going to be a path, uh, 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 not just a path, but, but a way of help for us, but it's going to be a way of help for some people we don't normally hang around. Uh, it, it says everybody's drinking at the water, the, the ostriches and the jackals, not just the humans, right? So we got to understand that sometimes this path is going to come to us in a way that we didn't think it was going to come. And other people that we didn't think was going to benefit from this path are also going to benefit from this path. I said it last week and I said it the week before and I said it the week before and I'm going to say it next week. And I'm going to say it the week after and I'm going to say it the week after that. Everybody, everybody. means everybody. 
Uh, and he's letting them know that this thing will happen and these are, these are not common creatures that are supposed to be together. But we got to believe that these streams of water are not, are, or rather are intended for even the most dangerous and outlandish of God's creatures. An ostrich and a jackal drinking in the wilderness together? That sounds very cartoonish. But you may be around some people that may help you go to the next level. And, and on paper, it looks very cartoonish. On paper, it looks uh, 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 weird. On paper, it looks like this type of person you might not ever hang around. But everybody means everybody. And if God can use a donkey, if God can say that the rocks will cry out, he certainly can use whatever and whoever God wants. Uh, so moving to the future, uh, uh, this text is a promise about God doing a new thing and an, admin, uh, and, and an admonishment to Israel to be on the lookout for God's surprising action. God is promising to bring the people home from exile so that the longing, the desire, the thing that is burning in their heart, that prayer will be answered at last. And, and, and what Judah is experiencing as a nation, they're going to be able to experience individually. And so Isaiah is letting him know that even though you are in exile, even though you are far away from home, even though you have lost everything that you know to be familiar to your life, God is still on the throne. And when God comes back to help you out this situation, it'll be better than it was before you went in. I, I spend some time with the LTRG going to uh, some of these home blessings. One of the groups that is helping uh, to repair the homes is World Renew. And that was started by the Reformed Church. And one of the things they do is when they get ready to drive the last nail into the house after finishing the house up, they have a last nail ceremony. It's beautiful. They sing some hymns. They pray. The, whichever pastor is there blesses the home. But they drive this, this last nail in. And I'm looking at some of these houses, and they look better now than they did before the storm. There are people who didn't have a working sink, and, and I'm talking before the water hit. I'm, I'm talking about before the storm hit, right? They didn't have a working sink. The house looked like it could have been on an episode of Hoarders. All kind of stuff found out when they cleaning it up. But now they got brand new appliances, new floor, plumbing issues have been fixed, electrical issues have been fixed. The water came in, and when they came out of yes, it was hard at first, but, but the house is better now than it looked when they bought it. They came out better on the other side. And so what the, the people of Israel are you know, saying, Isaiah is telling the people of Israel what they are going to experience is when they get back, it's going to be better than when they left. 
Uh, and so Isaiah reveals to them the one true God. And I didn't talk about it in, the, in your hearing, but 43 is a nice, nice chapter. He, he, he talks about the water coming. And he's going to protect them. And he tells them that he's going to, because of his grace, he's going to do many great things for them and protect them from the fire and the water. He's going to protect them from their enemies. So he's going to protect them. Let the church say protect. Uh, And not only is he going to protect them, it says that he prefers them. Uh, Verses 3 and 4 says, I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt for your ransom and Ethiopia and Seba in your place. Since you were precious in my sight, since you were precious in my sight, you have been honored and I have loved you. Therefore, I will give men for you and and people for your life. He prefers them. They are chosen above all other nations. There are benefits to being in the family. I, I, I'm gonna be a little transparent, Mama. I do a little bit of traveling. My mama does a whole lot more traveling than me. But there are some benefits to being Latane's son when I go places. I get to park in the the Diamond Preferred at the hotel. When I get to the hotel room. There's usually a bottle of some drinks left for me in there and a note. And, 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 and I get to check out late. And some places where it's water, it's water, it's water. It's, bo- it's bottled water. It's not, uh, <laughs> Mama Grace said, don't drink. It's, it's, it's bottled water. It's, amen, amen. Hallelujah. It's bottled water. But if you try to go down to the, 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 the uh, counter and get that bottle of water, it's going to be about 6 $7. There are benefits to going these places. And if I can get them kind of benefits when I go places, I get to get on the list. I get to get bumped up ahead of things because I'm in the family. If I get those kind of benefits with my earthly parent, what kind of benefits can you have... With your spiritual parents. Uh, You can be blessed in the city and blessed in the field. You can be blessed when you come and where you go. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. You can be the head and not the tail. Above and never believe. You can be the lender and not the borrower. It's benefits to being in the family. Do you know who my daddy is? He is the author and the finisher of the faith, the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, the one who was and is and is to come. There are benefits to being in the family. And so he protects them and he prefers them and he gathers them. He's taking them back home. I don't know about you. But I have a hard time not sleeping in my own bed. I went, the, the hotel beds are nice. They, the, but but it's, it's not home. There's something about, even, even if I got to be over somebody else's house, you know. Oh, no, you, John, you, can, cra- you can crash on the couch. No, no. Think I'm going to go home. It's something about sleeping in your own bed. It's something about being able to relax in your own home. When, when, when you get to your home, you don't dress like you would be dressing 
<laughs> outside the house. <laughs> you get a little more comfortable. Why? Because you're at home. And God was telling them through Isaiah that they are going to get to go back home. So he's going to gather them. And then he appoints them as his special witness. They know that he alone is God. He's the one who was and is and is to come. He's the creator of everything good and perfect. And he's their special witness. They're they're his special witness. They're going to be able to see what God has done. And not only are they going to be able to see what God has done, they're going to be able to tell other people about how good God is. The confession. The confession is important. And then he's going to usher in his spirit. He prepares them for the things that come. God says, I'm about to do a new thing. Uh, We're in Isaiah, but there's a pairing back to Exodus with this text. And as great as the original Exodus was, uh, these passages in in verse, uh, I mean, chapter 43 serve to let us know that there's a springboard for a new Exodus. They are in bondage But there's going to be a breakthrough and they are going to come out. Yahweh, the creator, the one and only God is going to deliver his people and bring them home from their exile in Babylon. They are going to come out of the wilderness and the same God that delivered them in Exodus is going to be the same God that delivers them in Isaiah. Hmm. The same God. He's done it before. He'll do it again. And not only does he let them know specifically that their enemy is going to be defeated, but this is going to be a distant memory. Ah. Behold, it says, do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. It's going to be so much of a breakthrough. It's going to be so much of a deliverance that they will have forgotten what it's like to be in bondage. He lets them know specifically that their enemy is going to be defeated and it's going to be a distant memory. Things that made you mad before, you will have forgotten about. Things that make you cry before, you'll smile and laugh about how easy you got to throw. Things that kept you up at night, You'll be able to, before your, your head hits the pillow, you will have forgotten about what was going on. Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, nor has it entered into the hearts of man what God is going to do for you in this breakthrough. Ah. What God has done before, he'll do again. Just hold on and trust in the Lord and keep the faith. He's letting them know that these things will happen and he has formed them and they'll be able to declare the praise. Anything God can do, God can do better. And backwards and upside down as well. So if God got them out of Exodus, God is going to get them out of Isaiah out of the exile in Isaiah. And he's going to care for the people I remember the song that says it's no secret what God can do. What he's done for others, 
he'll do the same for you. And so Isaiah is letting the people know during this time, he's reminding them that, yes, it's rough right now, but it's not going to be rough always. And when you get through the rough patch, you will have forgotten how rough it was. You'll be able to look back and smile. God's care for the Hebrews, as well as those of the people of God, are consistent. We'll look to God, not only with a fond memory, but a present and a future hope. Out of God's relationship with us, he's acting on our behalf in the past and letting us know that he'll act on our behalf in the future, continues to act on our behalf and have a pattern in the present for our near and ultimate future. There is hope. I said multiple people wrote to uh, 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 the people in exile, and Isaiah was one of them. But there was another one that wrote to the people in exile at that time. Come on in, Jeremiah. Uh, right about about the 29th verse, uh, I mean 29th chapter, 11 through the 14th verse. For I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go away and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me. And when you search for me with all your heart, I will be found by you, says the Lord. And I will bring you back from your captivity. I will gather you all the nations and all the places from which I have driven you, says the Lord. I will bring you to the place from which I caused you to be carried away captive. He's going to bring you home. Ah, yes, in the last uh, part of the verse, and not, not, not in Jeremiah, but in Isaiah says, This people I have formed for myself, and they shall declare my praise. So when God gives that breakthrough, the proper response is praise. When God gives that breakthrough, the proper response is is praise. They say the third time's a charm. When God gives that breakthrough, the proper response is praise. The Bible says that he inhabits the praises of his people. When they praised Jesus, they told the people to shut up and he said if they don't praise me, the rocks will cry out. So if you want that breakthrough, there's got to be some praise. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the doors of the church are open, and we invite you to come. Thank you for listening to this message. Be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you found this message. If this message blessed you, be a blessing to someone else and share it. Connect with Pastor Johnny on Instagram and Twitter, and be sure to like Faith UMC Dickinson on Facebook. 